Uh, it depends on our discussion with the customers, mm. what they what they share with us, their pain points, and so on. Uh, only then we can uh, decide to uh, develop or not to develop a particular future. Because of course, some we do see from other competitor, other players in other countries that is doing it. But we need to see whether there's a demand for that particular future sure. in this particular country or region before we are we can actually develop it. We don't want to develop something that people don't want. Hello and welcome to the Sea of Startups, where we dive into the stories behind the startups in Southeast Asia. I'm your host, Kevin Brocklin, Managing Partner of Indelible Ventures. Now, if you're a founder or funder looking to learn more about what drives the startups in Southeast Asia, this podcast is for you. We're about to sit down with founders to uncover the unique insights into the origins and motivations behind launching their startups. We'll uncover the stories behind the struggles, the ups, the downs, guided from the view of an entrepreneur. So without any further ado, let's jump into today's show. All right. I'm very happy today because my guest is Hanif Wahid, the founder of Deliver. For those of you who don't know, Deliver is a multi-courier delivery platform that recommends the best performing courier service for each and every delivery. Thank you very much for being here, Hanif. Thanks for the invitation. Happy to be here. Very cool. So, t- so tell me, I, I always love going back to the beginning and understanding the origin story. So how did you become an entrepreneur in the first place? And what led you to the path of wanting to launch Deliver? Okay, it starts back, uh, maybe I can bring you back uh, before. Okay, I graduated in uh, software engineering. And then after the graduation, I went, not graduation, after I finished the study, I went to Infosys. Infosys Technologies in Mysore, uh, Bangladesh, a uh, two months internship. Uh, over there, I learned about <clears throat> of course the, the software development team, the, the company, how they shape their culture, everyone ha- is having uh, equal opportunity and stuff. So they are in a so-called software sourcing business. Mm. Uh, so after, after that, uh, I served my uh, six, not served part of my scholarship requirement uh, with Telecom Malaysia. And then uh, uh, I, I quit and formed a company uh, doing software development, web applications, mobile apps, websites, portals for SMEs and government agencies for a few years. <coughs> uh, use of governments, uh, factories, uh, SMEs. So uh, it's a project by project base, right? So we kind of uh, thinking of building our own product, right? Uh, to have a uh, better cash flow, better growth opportunities compared to just uh, a consultancy uh, project by project kind of businesses. So we came up with this idea at the time, the e-commerce, e-commerce industry in Malaysia is just uh, picking up. There's a lelong, people are selling on social media and stuff. So there's a mobile app, with GPS and stuff. So we started not with Deliver actually, we started with uh, a Mud Dispatch. Mud Dispatch is a same day delivery, mm. uh, last month delivery company. 
initially we focus on helping businesses uh, to deliver on the same day so their customers their buyers can get things earlier they buy in the afternoon get it uh, on the same day instead of few days or weeks right so uh, the uh, the core value proposition is uh, buy today get today hmm. so over time uh, since we are kind of new uh, in the logistic industry e-commerce so we learn from our customers partners uh, as well as competitors from the industry players uh, <clears throat> we see that they they have a lot of this right and they have a lot of customers some are buying from uh, within the city uh, where we can serve using same day delivery and then some are buying from other states other countries so they are fulfilling orders uh, from variety of uh, destination variety of couriers uh, same day they can use us for next day they probably need to use other courier international they probably need other couriers uh, so that's where we we see that we can add value because the platform is kind of easy to use our customers love it uh, so we add uh, we partner with the uh, national Korea and at that time there's a post laju and then we add aramex uh, for internationals <clears throat> so in our platform they can ship nationwide with post laju and internationally with aramex at that time so over the years uh, there's uh, some confusion right with our customers my dispatch is a courier company and then uh, why there's a courier inside the courier mm. right yeah, like what Asia did lah, right yeah, yeah. confused Asia and then there's a, they are selling other 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 airlines flights right uh, yeah they became Asia. a travel agent essentially sell, selling anybody right. and everybody yeah it's a it's a good move but there's a confusion in, mm. in terms of uh, branding right yeah uh, besides that, my dispatch also at the time we are also uh, shifting from just on demand or same day. We also serve uh, courier companies like uh, helping their last mile delivery, like Post, uh, CJ, uh, Skynet, uh, in some of the branches. Right. So for my dispatch as a platform, uh, because of this confusion, uh, we started thinking to introduce a new brand. Uh, it's a multi courier delivery platform. Right. Mm -hmm. So we started Deliver in 2019 as a multi-career delivery platform uh, to help businesses streamline uh, right. their uh, fulfillment processes with multiple careers. So over the years, we improved the product, uh, improved the platform, onboard um, from three careers to multiple careers. Uh, initially, we onboard next day, uh, more next day uh, delivery partners. And then we onboard more international partners and later on we onboard more on-demand players mm. so uh, with that the levi able to serve uh, both uh, uh fmbs retailers groceries uh like the whole well variety as, of orders yeah yeah as well as uh the normal parcels delivery mm. uh, uh and <clears throat> e-commerce okay. uh, that's how uh, we can and did, did you phase out the my dispatch Okay, uh, so what happens is uh, when we launch Deliver, we get an investment from an angel investor from a Korean industry. Mm -hmm. But over one year, uh, okay, at the time we were we burned quite uh, quite a lot on the uh, developing a new platform. So there's uh, some disagreements on the direction of the company. Uh, 
so however we decided we decide discuss and decide uh, that uh, we should split up right my dispatch should uh, focus on uh, a courier business yep deliver should focus on tech SaaS. so right. we split up in december 2020 uh deliver we spin off into a new company where my dispatch have uh we hired uh a new management to mm -hmm. manage the business focusing on b2b to be a, a full-fledged group companies and deliver the founders focus on deliver in the new company mm -hmm. uh, until now okay so my dispatch still still operates and it's still one of the courier services that are on deliver it's just you see you you ended up dividing the two companies and shifted your focus on on deliver yeah as as a platform deliver is independent we don't uh Prioritize. Uh, yeah, one one, one, one service or other. Yeah, it depends on the customers uh, which one they want to use. Yeah. Uh, they will use that particular career. And my dispatch have been focusing on more on B two B still B two C. Yeah. yeah. Let, let, let me ask you. So so you can you can sign up these different courier services. How how big of a challenge was it in order to get the systems integrated so that you can understand? you know, the characteristics of the delivery that they offer, price, uh, the amount of time that it takes, all of those sort of characteristics that as a shopper, if I'm looking at options or if I'm in e-commerce, if I'm looking, comparing options, you know, price, amount of time, those sort of characteristics are probably some of the key deciding factors. Was it a challenge in order to get that level of information and integrate the systems when you were getting these couriers on board? Ah, so when we uh, build our new platform, so with the with, when we move to a new platform, the platform is kind of uh, modular. Uh, it can be easily integrated with new courier. We somehow uh, uh, simplify the integrations. Uh, typically, uh, a courier uh, system APIs normally they have like uh, for on demand. Probably they have like. Uh, getting list of services or quotations uh, through the other system. But for like uh, non-on-demand non and the standard courier, they only, uh, they don't have that, right? And then uh, there's a API for creating the order and getting the labels and stuff, right? And then tracking, right? So we have built in our own uh, maintaining, we are maintaining the pricing in our system for the standard international couriers, but for only one, we pull directly from their system. For the recommendations part, <clears throat> so the pricing basically, uh, some is in our system, some is getting pulled real time from uh, the, the courier system. For the recommendations part, we every orders that completes in our system, we share their performance. So how long does it take for the, from creation, schedule to pick up success and then until mm -hmm. it delivered we measure uh, schedule to pick up pick up to deliver schedule to deliver uh, so with that we use this data uh, to recommend uh, from which different area to different area right? from Ampang to Shahala probably different sure. different data set sure sure from Ampang to Penang probably different data sets yeah so the result who, who is the best performing for different route probably is uh, different mm. yeah initially of course the industry 
is probably uh, still new to this uh, multi-career strategy. Mm -hmm. uh, some merchants uh, pro probably have a preference uh, for this particular career or this particular career. Uh, some those that have adopted multi-career uh, using our system have seen uh, uh, quite uh, faster pickup times, faster uh, mm. delivery times overall uh, when they follow the recommendations. Okay. Is is it is it common as well? Because I, I've I've seen instances where some online merchants they'll add margin uh, by having a relationship with a particular courier. Is that is that is that common? Do you see that amongst the, the multi courier arrangement? Is that a sticking point with e commerce, or is is that not uh, does that not really happen here in Malaysia? What do you mean by by margin? So say say somebody says, hey, it's going to be ten bucks for delivery. What the what the delivery what the courier service is actually charging maybe seven bucks. So uh, the merchant is intentionally marking it up so that they can get an extra three bucks in profit. Uh, I see it depends. Uh, so when we build our plugins like WooCommerce, Shopify, they can decide to mark up mm. the shipping rates and display to the customer or discount subsidize it. Right for markup, normally uh, what they probably their product margin is quite low. <clears throat> so when they mark up, they want to cover the fulfillment uh, uh, cost, uh, right? Packaging, wrapping, yep. uh, the cost of pick and pack. So yep. there's a cost to it. If let's say the uh, margin for the product will be higher, they may want to uh, subsidize it to push the product uh, faster. So it depends on the certainty. Some do mark up uh, to cover the fulfillment cost. Some do uh, subsidize it. So it depends on uh, the uh, strategy. Yeah, if if I if I'm buying a refrigerator online from like a Harvey Norman or somebody, they may subsidize the delivery because the price of of that is quite high. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if I'm buying a pair of socks, <laughs> sorry, that weird example, uh, it's a low low margin, so they're, they're probably <laughs> not going to eat the cost of of that delivery. Yeah, and, and it depends also uh, the merchant is a brand owner. Mm. Or a reseller, right? When owner normally they have a uh, bigger margins to play around with. Reseller probably they have like 10, 20 percent margin, mm. uh, probably less. Uh, so so it depends on uh, type of margins. Uh. Okay, okay. So when you when you were just getting going, so you 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 had transitioned over and you started adding uh different courier services so that you could do the overseas so that you could do the out of town what were the challenges that you faced in the in the beginning period of getting couriers on board because multi-courier platform is was was and still is pretty new to the market yeah so of course uh, uh as per courier they would like to have a volume right Mm. If there's a certain base numbers of base customers, merchants that are using our platform, they have a certain volume, characteristics, so they attract uh, the couriers to yeah. come on board. And sure. when we onboard uh, more brands in using our platform, uh, this also can yeah. accelerate onboarding more uh, uh, career partners sure but when you're talking when you're talking like day one uh, when you're when you're when you're just trying to get out there 
you don't really have the volume of customers. So at some point, it, it requires a little bit of salesmanship, I assume, to like talk to an Aeromax or somebody like that and say, hey, we're servicing these clients for same-day delivery, but we need to, the, they're, they're asking for this. Did you have enough volume in order for them to be interested? Or was it more of like, here's what we're going to be, here's what the future is going to hold, we're going to make this bigger and you can ride the wave with us? Yeah, it takes some time for the first uh, one or two career to come on board. Uh, because at the time also, we are not uh, really a multi-career delivery platform. Yeah, not so, uh, not so established, so, not so many customers still, yeah? Uh, at the time, the customers, the volume is there, but of course, it took some time to convince the, mm. the first uh, one or two career to, to come on board. Yeah. And from there, uh, uh, it became more easier uh, when we have more brands, uh, bigger brands, uh, using our platform. And besides that, uh, just to add, our platform uh, can be used as a, a purely as a SaaS, where mm. if the merchant, let's say we have an integration with Ninja Van or GNT, right? And the merchant probably have an existing contract with them, mm -hmm. so they can also just. Uh, bring their account into the system so they can enter the same rate uh same as they are they are enjoying without having to do another integrations with their career oh, okay so any pre-existing relationship any pre-existing yeah. contract they can just yeah. kind of type in their account number and say hey here's my jnt express yeah. minimum yep so okay. yeah so that's uh one of the things that differentiates uh the liver compared to other platforms Okay. Uh, that allow us to onboard uh, more enterprise uh, businesses. Okay. Do you do you see any aspect in the in the industry because there there's there's a there's a pretty wide number of uh, courier services here in the market. Uh, whether you're talking about outstation, whether you're talking about inside of the Klang Valley area as well. Do you see any movements towards consolidation where they're starting to try and roll themselves up and become just one big multi uh, offering uh, sort of company or because of platforms like yours, is that unnecessary for them to take that step? Uh, I heard people, industry players talk about consolidation uh, because of the in post COVID, the volume is, uh, I mean, the trend is lower now compared to even previous uh, pre-COVID, the volume yeah. is uh, probably solid as the same or lower and marketplace have uh, their own uh, delivery arm. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, the volume, overall volume for the courier companies has become lower. So I yeah. heard a lot of discussions about the consolidations, but I don't see any uh, active talks between these uh, courier companies to actually to realize the consolidation mm. thing. <clears throat> but I do see that some couriers are using other couriers route in some areas, mm. especially in outskirts that have lower volume. Probably mm. they just pass it to other courier. Uh, these collaborations probably can help them to uh, <clears throat> uh but less okay yeah okay 
So, so we, 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 we talk a decent amount on the, on the courier side, but when you, when you go and approach a, an e-commerce side, a, a merchant, what's, what's, what's the, what's the key point that you, that you emphasize? Because oftentimes if they're already online and they're already selling, they have some pre-existing relationship for the delivery side, the, the, that's that, that angle of it. So when you approach a new customer and maybe it's, maybe it was more difficult in the early days. So maybe we could rehash the early days. What was, what was the key value proposition? What was the key uh, aspect that you, that you would pitch? In the early days, uh, we don't have much, many futures to play around. Uh, uh, in the early days, we don't have that comparison of the performance and so on. In the early days, just rates, better rates. Okay. If our rates not better, then uh, we lost it, right? Mm. So over time, we build up values into our platform uh, where they can compare the performance, uh, more integrations. Uh, they can bring their own Fourier account. We have uh, WhatsApp notifications. We 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 try to add more values to make sense for them to uh, to onboard our platform. And we currently we are working on a return solution where they can streamline not just delivery, but they can also streamline their return process. Sure. Okay. Okay. So, so it it was it was a bit of a challenge because at the at the beginning it was really rates driven, but now you have all of these additional features that there's more value add in order to bring somebody onto the platform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did how did you how did you talk talk to me a little bit about the product evolution of introducing new features? What what was the logic and what what came first after simply uh, finding better rates? Uh, it depends on our discussion with the customers, mm. what they what they share with us, their pain points, and so on. Uh, only then we can uh, decide to uh, develop or not to develop a particular future. Because, of course, some we do see from other competitors, other players in other countries that is doing it. But we need to see whether there's a demand for that particular future sure. in this particular country or region before we are we can actually develop it we don't want to develop something that uh, people don't want and yeah. since we are bootstrapping we don't have that much uh, sure. resources to just build what we think is right so we talk to customers we do some surveys uh, okay. from from there we will decide on which which to build and some customer just give you free feedbacks oh we want this can you do this can you yeah. like this why don't you have this right <laughs> What's uh, what is what is the angry, so you know it's important. <laughs> what, what, is, what is the system that you have in place in order to collect the feedback? You mentioned you mentioned surveys. Is there like a regular cadence or how how do you implement the ability in order to engage with them and collect feedback? What what is that what does that look like operationally? It's it's, it's not a uh, we, we do send surveys uh like once a year to get their feedback. Mm. If let's say we think this future could be useful, we send some survey before we build it and from regular <clears throat> customer service interaction with the customers uh, sometimes we get feedback from the, our customer service uh, customer support uh, customer ask for this and this and this like do we have it we take note and mm. we put in the pipeline okay okay and so when when you when you put it in the pipeline so let's let, let me let me just get an understanding of like the the, st- the steps along the way so the interactions with the customer service 
do you you train you train the customer service in order to like ask these probing questions of what do they want and uh, and those sort no, of things, or really. is it more of like when problems happen? Yeah, when customers ask how to do this, can we okay. do this, uh, this and that? So normally they will ask us back. We are, we have opened this uh, conversation with our customer support. They can okay. basically uh, say anything that they get from the customers. Okay. Uh, so from okay. there, uh, we take. And how how do you how do you how do you log those? Uh, interactions do you use any sort of like software or is it like a google sheet or what how do you how do you end up tracking uh, those interactions it's not, it's not that it's not that systematic uh, initially okay. just uh, the microsoft teams tried right okay uh, and then we just put it in the excel on weekly weekly basis which one we should do first and sometimes okay. we reprioritize sometimes we just follow uh, depends on the urgency of this particular future Okay. Okay. So it's it's a it's a pretty frequent uh, cycle of when it gets marked down and when you as a team end up reviewing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how big is the team right now? Uh, it's uh, less than ten people. It's okay. Kind of a lean okay. team, and we somehow uh, started doing uh, a bit more cost reductions because we are not sure what's coming in the next few months for me recession maybe global recession but Malaysia quite quite safe uh, mm. but somehow it may affect the uh, liquidity or overall volume uh, cash purchase and so on so right the, the e-commerce to... volume is definitely down from from the pandemic when we were all stuck at home and doing nothing but online shopping yeah 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 so uh, in the next few months we are not sure what's happening but a recession globally looks like German have already eurozone already have a recession. US quite strong. Uh, China is affected by low volume or uh, lower uh, euro uh, economic activity. So probably uh, the demand in the global stage may affect our export uh, driven economy, okay. right? So it's not. It's not. Doesn't look nice, right? Yeah, so yeah, there's we, a lot of uncertainty. We, we try to do reductions uh, okay. and try to focus more on subscriptions uh, at value to our product. Uh, <clears throat> so we aim to be uh, more profitable uh, than this year. Okay. 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 So add, adding, adding, adding more product features and, and those to where you can monetize better off of your customers. Yeah. Yeah. How how much of your volume that that goes through the merchants that you serve is highly localized versus international? What do you mean highly localized? I mean, meaning like um, some somebody in Klang Valley is ordering from a merchant in Klang Valley, so it's it's basically putting it on you know same day sort of delivery service, short uh, short trip versus ordering online from something that needs to be shipped to me uh, from a factory in Thailand or China or Vietnam or wherever? Oh, uh, currently we don't do like import. Okay. We have a hyperlocal, okay. uh, food, groceries, and then we have a nationwide. I okay. mean, within, within Malaysia. We also have a within Malaysia to outside of Malaysia. Okay. Uh, we don't do export import yet. Uh, there's... We don't have that. Uh, okay. So, talking about uh, 
locally. <coughs> uh, our hyperlocal uh, volume is about uh, 10 to 30 percent mm. of our volume uh, right now. And okay. we see uh, this is actually this is our strengths uh, compared to other players. Uh, okay. We quite excel uh, in, in this area. Uh, so the volume is this this segment is kind kind of new uh, for the multi career delivery platform, uh, and we see it's it's growing. Uh, we have a seven eleven app coming soon. We have few things. Uh, we have few things coming coming up also. Uh, new enterprise customers will be using us. Uh, uh, so roughly hyperlocal about 10 percent. Sometimes okay. uh, higher. So it depends with, with, on if, if you're if you're launching a like a 7-Eleven app and, and some of these other things, is is the anticipation that the hyperlocal is going to increase? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. besides that, some in the depends on the season, like yeah. uh, Raya season. Yeah. Uh, one week before Raya or two weeks before Raya, probably their uh, merchant will open up the same day delivery. Sure. So their customers can can be sure they will get it today instead of could be after Raya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what's the point? Uh, these are the behavior that we, we see. Okay. Okay. Is there a lot of cyclicality, like a season a seasonality to to the to the business uh that that you see? Yeah, yeah. We we see a lot like Chinese New Year, Raya, Raya Haji, uh Christmas. But normally holiday uh affects our business. Yeah. Yeah. When there's a holiday, uh People don't buy that much. Uh, that that sh- shopping money they use it for traveling. <laughs> uh, so there's a cyclicality. If there's a lot of holiday, holiday like in the recent months, so yeah. it affects. And then there's a repent travel thing. Uh, that also affects. I'm not sure how long uh, it will be there. Uh, but I think people now want to go out, right? Yeah, uh, people people want to go out. There's there's, go there's out. still that fresh memory of the lockdowns, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to accept that and uh, uh, take it into our planning. Okay, okay. So what what else is next for Deliver? If you, if you, if you're looking forward, you you kind of referenced into some some potential with Seven Eleven, etc. What what else what else are you looking at at launching? Uh, return solution uh, we just uh, soft launch it uh, okay try to promote it and take feedback try to improve it further uh, make it uh, real solid uh, as for we are looking into other countries in Asia as well but we see that uh, we like Indonesia subscriptions is not a thing yet mm-hmm. uh, so we need to somehow find the right uh, segment uh, in each country and try to go there uh, without having to go there you know sure. try to get uh, customers from there without having to uh, probably it's hard with the uh, only subscription uh, without having to incorporate there uh, yeah 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 that's what we are trying we we plan to do in the uh, next okay. six months okay before yeah, incorporating actually... as a foreigner in Indonesia is quite expensive. There's, there's what? It's like a two million ringgit or something paid in capital requirement. I can't remember what the exact yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Thing so, is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite similar, and 
even in other Asian countries as well, uh, the regulation is quite uh, I mean, tricky. Uh, mm. Maybe they need some percentage of local employment, uh, etc. So we try to, uh, because the economy outlook doesn't look good, uh, we try to be lean when we try when we expand to not expand lah when we uh, try increase our customer base around Outside Asia of Malaysia, yeah. before we actually go there yeah yeah and how how is that process when you when you need to onboard merchants when you when you're looking when you're looking at well, I guess maybe the two sides of it because if you're if you're looking at uh, expanding merchants outside of Malaysia you also need to get courier services in those markets now some of them operate in multiple so if you're talking like Ninja Van, JNT, they're in basically every single country already. Uh, but do you have to fill in the gaps with new services? Are all Ninja Van entities the same because they may have locally registered different rules, etc.? Uh, or how is that? Uh, yeah. So, uh, of course, we already on board connected with uh, the regional ones. JNT, Ninja, Lalamove, Teleport. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pandago Grab, right? Very connected with, with them. So the local uh, local couriers probably we need to connect with them. And when we try to uh, onboard merchants, targeted merchants, qualified merchants in these particular countries, probably we will sell it as a SaaS base only where they need to bring their own courier uh, account, but they can enjoy the integrations, they can mm-hmm. enjoy the streamlining of the delivery and returns. Uh, all the software uh, without the actual uh, rates. Uh, probably that's what we we try to do. Uh, maybe this is too much to be shared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries. No worries. We don't we don't need to get but, it too far into. Yeah, uh, but this is uh, it could change. Uh, depends on our interaction with them. Depend on their feedback. Mm. Probably there's a uh local partners interested to partner with us along this this journey uh in the next few months uh so we'll see it could change okay 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 and so when when you when you look at the business uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna ask kind of an open-ended question um when you when you look at what you envision for the long-term future of deliver how are you defining success either as a product or as an organization? What is what is the meaning of success for you? And how are you trying to measure yourself against that? Uh, that's tricky. Of course, when we initially started, we am like IPO and stuff, right? Mm. Uh, probably MA is more, uh, more, we have more chance to be acquired compared to uh, IPO. And uh, a success probably for us probably uh, we have a uh, customers from uh, different countries and different regions uh, uh, that could increase the chance uh, to be acquired. Mm. Okay, okay, very very cool, very cool. So l- l- this is this has been a really interesting conversation as we've kind of navigated through the aspect of building and kind of looking forward to new features, but. Uh, external expansion and all of this but let me let me wrap up here with my standard closing questions the questions that i ask everyone and so the first one is what is a tech tool that you just cannot live without uh i think the most important in our daily life probably in my daily life probably 
the calendar if it's not there it's not happening uh, <laughs> so I, 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 a lot of people have that obsessiveness over like if it, it doesn't exist unless it's in my calendar yeah so uh, not the the task that we need to complete of course that's sure. not in the calendar but uh, the schedule meetings and start appointments mm. if it's not there probably i will not remember it so normally the, the first thing that i will do is when we agree on certain appointment we will just immediately put it there if i forgot to put it there then we forgot about the appointment yeah yeah and probably whatsapp of course and then for the work probably uh, because of teams uh, we use quite a lot um uh, course, to do list uh, we have i have a different to do list hmm. uh, for the personal i use the standard just a standard on the app on the phone uh, but my to-do list on work, I prefer to use Notepad. Uh, not Notepad, lah, I mean text text editor. Okay, okay. Instead of the the other tools. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I used to use a to-do list. I've now started because I use Google Suite. I've started using their task manager inside of it. I, it's it's not it's not my ideal one, and people keep on trying to like sway me towards these other these other ones. But it, because it integrates with my calendar, and I'm a calendar obsessive as well, yeah. um, it's 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 hard it's hard to break that integration. Yeah, that's good. Other tools, uh, probably now ChatGPT uh, <laughs> is very helpful. Uh, yeah, to get some ideas, to write things, or to improve our uh uh writings uh, uh probably our writings a bit uh not not uh good enough to be sent out uh so yeah it, it's a it's a it's a it's a very very nice things uh to have yeah. Yeah, it's 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 definitely made it uh made it an impact. Let me let me let me ask you about Ah, uh, Canva, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I definitely use that one uh, yeah. as well. Um, yeah. Cool. Let, let me ask my final question here. So if you were to talk to another startup founder that is just getting started, what would be the biggest piece of advice that you could offer? That's a bit tricky. Uh, of course, it depends on the stage of the company. Mm. But... Uh, I have reached out reached at the stage where IPO and stuff, probably my advice to the new founders. I think the validation and talking to customers is the, the most important thing while building the, the first MVP or after, just after the MVP to validate and iterate. Mm. Uh, even that is, we still do that when we introduce new features. Yeah, got to talk product. to the customers. Yeah, there's a... We don't want to, I mean, uh, what people say, shots uh, <clears throat> niri, right? We yeah. don't want to do things that we like, but no one's wants that to buy. No one wants. Yeah. No, you you have you have to talk to your customers. They're they're the they're the ones. I mean, there's there's an extent to it. There's the whole like, uh, what's 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 the, what's the old quote? If I ask my customers, they want faster horses. Uh, the old uh, uh, Henry Ford quote. Uh, yeah. It depends on maybe uh it depends on who you are. Yeah. But uh, it's it's about I'm not, I'm not still job yet. Point. I'm not still job level <laughs> yet. Uh 
So probably the customers is the the best thing to do. Uh, nah, if, I mean, uh, even even for them, where the where they're tr- where they're trying to innovate, it's the understanding of the pain point. The customer may not be yeah. able to tell you specifically what they want because True. they may not have the insight and in, out in order to how to solve it. But they can you can get an understanding of what's wrong. Yeah, it's not about building what they want. It's about building something that can solve their problems. Yeah. So what they, they want need. probably is a different thing, but mm. the solution is a is a different thing. No, very, very, very much agree with that. I think that's great advice is to talk to your customers and understand them. Um, Hanif, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you coming on here. Uh, so thank you very, very much. Uh, thanks for the uh, for, for the invitation. Uh, happy, happy to share uh, what I've been learning uh, for the past few years. Fantastic. All right, that wraps it up for another fantastic episode of The Sea of Startups. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, go on to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. It's the best way for us to get discovered and to have these startup stories reach a broader audience. If you have any suggestions or would like to get in touch, you can email me at kevin at indelible.vc. As always, I'm your host, Kevin Brockman from Indelible Ventures, and this is The Sea of Startups.